The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod. We're webcasting to you live from the Center for Autism and Related Disorders headquarters in Tarzana, California. Welcome to the show. We're very excited to be here during Valentine's Day week. Uh, we can't just have one day of holidays anymore. We have to stretch it out, right? So we're celebrating Valentine's Day all this week and all the love that there is. What a great thing to focus on, right? Because we could take time and focus on all the bad stuff, right? But that will always be there. So let's celebrate the love this week. And and uh, we're thrilled to be able to be interactive with you this entire show. We're going to be with you live for the next two hours. The entire show is meant to be interactive. We hope that you will participate with us. You've already been writing in on the live feature this morning. I love it. We're going to have an opportunity to share that in a little while. Uh, Emily's going to cycle through some of the different ways that you can get a hold of us here on the show. I'll remind you that our homepage is autism-live.com. When you go there, you'll see a desktop. There's a computer screen there. If you click on the little triangle that is on the computer, you can be watching the live show or the most recently recorded live show. To the side of that is a long white box. If you put your cursor there and type, you hit enter and it shows up here on my screen. There's about a lag of about a minute, but it's totally free. You don't have to log in. In fact, we don't know who you are. You have complete anonymity. You have the ability to ask questions of our guests and our experts or of myself, and we can have a conversation almost in real time. How much do we love that? And as I said, no cost to that, no lengthy login. It's, it's that immediate gratification that we're always talking about, right? Uh, but the one thing I want you to remember is that that's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, even when the show isn't live. So if you're, if you tune in, and whatever time that you're watching and you're watching something, you say, hey, I want to ask a question. You can. You absolutely can. Type it into the live feature, but make sure that you reference what it is that you're talking about so that I know what part you came into the show on. If you say, she's talking about this, helpful if you tell me uh, the name of the person, uh, not only just she, but what they're talking about. And if you want me to get back to you specifically other than answering it on the live show, you'll want to include some personal information. I have a way of editing that out without showing showing it to the audience at home so we can preserve your anonymity. All right. I always like to remind you at the start of the show that we do have a cavalcade of experts and wonderful guests that will come and be on the show. I am not one of the experts, just reminding you that I am not an expert in autism. I'm an autism mom and a very proud autism mom. Let me say that. Somebody just wrote in about handwriting and, and hopefully we'll have a second uh, to talk about that and the handwriting that my son is doing right now because we've been struggling with this of late, but we've had, we've had a leap and I'm very excited about 
that. Uh, but my son was diagnosed with autism at the age of two and a half. He's now 10 and a half. And the things that I have learned on this journey have been so exciting to me. And I am thrilled every morning to get up and learn more from you guys and from the experts that we have here. But uh, I am still a student learning. I'm, I'm here to run the switchboard. That's why I'm here. So I'm not an expert. I always like to remind everybody of that. Uh, I know sometimes I talk with authority, but that doesn't mean that I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Ever. Uh, I'm just keeping it real. In any case, uh, we like to start the morning with something that we fondly refer to as the jargon of the day. And we do this because, you know, when our kids are diagnosed with autism or when we're diagnosed with autism, we're not experts in autism. And yet we go and we seek out information and sometimes we seek out experts and they use these terms that are just, uh, you know, uh, frustrating. That's the word I'm look for, looking for. And I used to say the first two years that we were on this journey, I said, why can't they just talk like everybody else does? And now I've turned to the dark side. I've come to love these terms because they're so specific. But if you don't understand them, it takes time and money away from what you're trying to do. So we are trying to one little bit at a time, a different word, different phrase, different acronym every day. And we repeat them on a regular basis so that we become friends with these terms, that we really understand what they mean and not just what they mean to the experts, but what they mean in our lives. So uh, our term this week, and it all goes hand in hand with the theme of the week, right? See if you can figure it out. Our term today is preference assessment. Uh, one of those lovely terms that it's like, why can't we uh, use something a little bit more user-friendly? But uh, here's, here's what we want to know about this. The actual definition for a preference assessment is a procedure to determine the stimuli that a person prefers, the relative preference of those stimuli, and their presumed values as potential reinforcers. Oh, it's just a heartwarming definition, isn't it? Uh, yeah, the first time I saw this, I went, great. What on earth does that mean? So let's go to our working definition. A preference assessment is checking to see what might be most rewarding or reinforcing to someone. Okay, so we talk all the time about the fact that we really can teach anything we can, and, and we can teach anything pretty much to anyone if we keep in mind some basic rules. And the first rule is that in order to teach something and have somebody get over, if they haven't already picked it up, it means it's a little bit hard for them, right? And we've all experienced that to some extent. But if we really need for a person to learn a skill and we want to overcome that difficulty, whatever the difficulty is, we have to make it rewarding. Because if we don't make it rewarding, they're not going to be able to do it. And even if we can get them to do it once, they won't do it long term. I don't know about you guys, but I'm addicted to the Olympics right now. I'm watching the Olympics and, and looking at these amazing young people and, and what they're willing to put themselves through uh, and how they train to be able to get there for one moment where you can blow it or do beautifully and win a gold medal. Uh, and thinking about what must have the trainers and, and the coaches and the parents, what did they do and what was built? built into this particular individual that they were willing to fight through the times when they injured themselves. They were willing to fight through getting up on a February morning when it's dark outside and everybody else is sleeping to go to the ice skating rink and get on the ice and be cold. Really? There had to be something that was reinforcing about it. There was something that was rewarding. And here's the rub. 
we can't assume that we know what it is because different things are reinforcing to different people. Reinforcing just means it's rewarding on a personal level. It makes you want to do it more, right? I, when I was uh, a 16 year old, I wasn't at the ice skating rink. I was eating butter pecan ice cream. Do you know why? Because it was rewarding to me. It tasted good. It felt good in my mouth. The texture of it was wonderful. So that's what was rewarding to me. Somebody else going and exercising and, and, you know, going through the motions of something and feeling the, the stiffness of their muscles leaving, that's reinforcing to them. Now, can we get it so that the person who enjoys exercising really likes ice cream? Yeah, we could if we pair it with something else. And when I was 16 years old, could we have found a way to make something more reinforcing for me than butter pecan ice cream? Yes, we really could have, but we would have had to delve in and try to figure out what else was reinforcing to me. We can all do this on a regular basis. We can change what we're doing, but we have to find something that's reinforcing. And when we're working with an individual who's on the autism spectrum, it's no different, right? We have to find something that's reinforcing to them so that they're willing to get through the difficult parts. They're willing to keep trying. And we don't just assume, we do a preference assessment. And basically this preference assessment, depending on the person's skill level, you know, um, at my age, somebody can say to me, what do you think you'd like to work for? Uh, you know, what would make it worthwhile for you, Shannon, to exercise? And then I'd have to think about it for a second. And by the way, the first thing that I say may not be the thing that actually gets me to do it, right? But we never give up trying to figure out what the preference is. We do that assessment. We're testing to see what the preference is to work for. So think about with a small child, who is verbal? Can we still do a preference assessment? Absolutely. In fact, we have to do preference assessments and we have to do them more frequently. Um, so if the child, think about a baby, a baby that's nonverbal but can sit up and you sit up the baby and you put three toys in front of the baby and the baby will gravitate towards one of them because that's the one they're choosing. But that's the one they're choosing in that moment. So if we say, oh, well, they picked the Buzz Lightyear doll. So Buzz Lightyear is the thing they like and we can put the rest of the toys away forever and they're never going to want to play with them, right? That wouldn't work. So we want to keep asking them. And, and you can ask verbally, you can ask just contextually by putting things in front of them and seeing which one they pick. Um, you can uh, put pictures of things out and have them point, you know, for a child who's a little bit older. And you, you can put out a picture of going to the park. You can put out a picture of playing a video game. You can put out a picture of reading a book and ask the child to point to which one do they want to do. Uh, technology is a huge thing with our kids. You'll see uh, Sometimes when we show the A word or we show other clips of a therapist working with a child that they'll, they'll put out a toy and an iPhone and whatever and say, we're going we're gonna to do some work. Which one do you want to play with when we're done? And the child picks the iPhone. They go, great. And then they'll rearrange them and say, which one do you want? Just checking to see. And they pick the iPhone again. Okay, so you're going to get iPhone after we do a little bit of work here. So we're going to do the work. You get the iPhone. And then the child does the work and they get five minutes or three minutes or two minutes, depending on the difficulty of the task and the attention span of the child to play on the iPhone and then we go back and do something else. But we have to do a preference assessment. Imagine, I'm sure you don't have to imagine, at some point in life somebody has decided what the reward is for you. That you've done something really difficult and you have this expectation that you're going to get some big reward and then they give you something else that you go, oh, <sighs> okay. <laughs> 
right? You were looking forward, whether it was the raise or the trip or the gift or whatever, and then somebody gives you something that they would find rewarding, right? But it's not what you would have liked, and it's a bummer. And then it kind of takes the joy out of what you did. And, and unless there's other things that are reinforcing, you don't want to go back and do that much work again, right? Same thing with our kids. So we do preference assessments. It's the reason why they're encouraging business owners to ask your employees, what would you like? Would you like a, ra a raise or would you like flexible job schedule? Everybody for the longest time thought everybody wanted a raise, but some people would rather have flexible time where they can go and do a doctor's appointment or stay home with their kids where they're sick. We like it when people ask us what we want to work for, so do our kids. So we do a preference assessment. Very easy to do. I can guarantee you, though, as much as you think you might be doing it, 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 you will get more effective results if you do it more often. It's tiring how much we really should be doing it, but I don't think you can do it too much. Preference assessment. It's a good thing. It creates progress. Okay. We always have a question of the day for you. I love our question today because this has been one of those age old questions I ask people all the time. How do you know when you're in love? It's very personal, right? Um, but how do you describe that? How do you know? I have a friend whose mom told her when she was a teenager, she said, you know, how do I know when I'm in love? And the mom said, you know, you're in love if you want to be with the person no matter what they're doing. So if they're shoveling horse manure for the day and you're willing to go shovel horse manure, then you're probably in love. I don't know. I don't know that I agree with that. Um, but I'd love to know from you guys, how do you know when you're in love? How do you language that? Uh, how do you describe that to other people? How will you describe that to your child? What, what does it feel like? What does it look like when you're in love? I love Ileana Van Zant, And uh, I, I remember her years ago saying on Oprah, she said, love feels like chocolate cake on a china plate. Uh, and I love that description because it that sounds decadent and really special and remarkable and um, and something that is just unique to me. You know, who takes the time anymore to put a piece of chocolate cake on a china plate, but you know it's special, right? It's not run of the mill. I love that description, that that's what it should feel like. Because uh, I think sometimes people fall in love and they think that they're supposed to be miserable. And who wants to be miserable in love? Let's be happy in love, right? Uh, so we're gonna check in a little bit later, hopefully, and take a look at how you guys describe how you know when you are in love. Uh, we always have a topic of the day, a topic of the week, excuse me. And since it is Valentine's week, all week long, we are going to be talking about the love and some of the different guests that we're going to have on the show today. I got a goofy grin on my face because I'm so excited about this. We're going to start out with Alex Plank from wrongplanet.net. And we're going to be talking about love with Alex. Uh, then a little bit later in this hour, we're going to have a remarkable young man. David Cott is going to be with us. Uh, he is the uh, head of an amazing organization called Autism at Face Value. And they are the first to make comic books with an autism superhero. Yes, you heard it right. Uh, can't wait to be talking with David about what started all this. And you might think, 
oh, this is just a really clever idea, but there's actually some science behind it that they're implementing in the way they're doing the comic book that's very, very clever. You're going to want to know more about that. And then in the second hour, we're so thrilled. You know, our regular on Tuesday is Matt Asner. We've talked a little bit before on the show about the fact that uh, Matt is, of course, an autism dad, and he has found love at this point in his life. And lo and behold, it is Nava Paskowitz, who also is an autism parent. And so we have been trying to get them together on the show because it really is a great deal of fun to watch them together. Because if you have any doubt what love looks like, you'll see it a little bit, little bit later on the show. They are clearly in love. And uh, it's a very happy, happy occasion for all involved. So all of that and more and your questions, we're going to be talking about love, what it looks like, what it looks like when your parents of kids on the autism spectrum and what it looks like when you yourself are on the autism spectrum. So stick with us. We're going to be right back after these messages. When you find out you're having a boy, you always think like, oh, he's going to play football. He's going to do this and that. And then when he's diagnosed, all those things get washed away. It's like that piece that's always in the back of your mind, you know, where is he, what is he doing, is he safe? We really didn't know what we were dealing with. I wish that they could have directed me a little bit more and provided me some information. I was a young mom. I didn't know what it was like to raise a boy despite a boy with autism. Hundreds of thousands of families are not getting the help they need for their children with autism all around the country. ACT Today is determined to bridge the gap. These families really have to go through a lot to get a grant. The application process isn't easy. The records, the diagnosis proof, they're really battling for their kids. So when we can give them a grant, it is so wonderful to see that they succeed in getting that help for their children. Our founder, Dr. Doreen Grampichet, is an amazing woman. And she is one of the world's foremost authority on behavior of children with autism. She's extremely knowledgeable and she oversees every single grant we give. She is part of that process. People may think of autism care and treatment as simply schooling or therapy, but you know, we provide important safety supports. Things like fencing, for example. The whole family's living in fear of that child running out into traffic. I recently delivered an iPad to a little boy with some of the apps that are out there for children with autism. Miracles happen. I got the iPad from ACT. From ACT, What yeah. did it say? Can you repeat that, Dustin? I got the iPad from that. We have helped so many military families. And when I think of these brave families that are fighting two battles, one to protect our country and one for the right treatment and care for their children, it, it breaks my heart. And I think we have to do more as a nation to help them. There's not a day that doesn't go by that we don't think about it. Some people say, oh, he's normal. You don't see the battles that I see every single day. My husband does have to deploy, and when they get on that bus, that might be the last time that my kids ever see them. So I called, and then they informed me that he had received the grant, which was like a blessing from above. I was just like speechless. I just started to cry because, you know, without it, we would, we would have been lost. The ACT grant was a total miracle, and without that, they wouldn't be able to receive a service dog, so we're so appreciative of what they've done for us as a family. 
recently ACT Today funded a program for military children with autism in San Diego, the Inclusion Films program, which is run by Joey Travolta, and teaches uh, kids on the autism spectrum literal filmmaking skills. They learn how to make a movie. Everybody? There you go, got it. Okay. Everything that goes into the process of making a film goes into everyday life. So they're learning life skills, they're learning to collaborate. It was really nice to know how much they were enjoying this camp and they're with people who are supporting them and are making them feel great about themselves and their differences and their similarities. And I get two kids that are working together and apart and together and apart, so it's an interrelationship as well as a camp and a learning experience. It's so fulfilling when I get letters. One stands out for me, a, a boy who was 14 with Asperger's, and we gave him a grant to go to a drama camp. He wrote to us and said, Dear Act Today, thank you for letting me belong for the first time in my life. These kids are remarkable. You know, we underestimate them. They're so knowledgeable, they're so capable, and we can change the life of a family, which means changing the life of a community. Welcome back to Autism Live. We're so thrilled because we have Alex Plank from wrongplanet.net with us today. Thanks Welcome. so much for having me. It's I'm always really a thrill to have you here. Excited to talk with you today. And because you know we're talking about love today. Is that true? That's what we're talking about today. Cool. Uh, all day, all week, we're talking about love in all different kinds of, D of love. Isn't that what we talk about every week? Well, to some degree, you know, because we talk about passion and things that people want to do. I mean, when you come down to it, you could look at all things and say love, right? Well, yeah, I guess yeah. you could do so, that. Uh, and hopefully we talk about love as much as we possibly can. And as I said, we, you know, it's not just about love like romantic love, but we're talking about love like, you know, what kinds of things do you mm -hmm. love? What do you choose when you have your, your choice? What, you know, because we all are individuals and we have things that we gravitate towards. So if I were just off the top of the show here to say, to you what do you what do you love not who do you love what do you what love? so just yes. a thing yeah what kinds of things like are doing things what I love being outdoors and doing stuff in the wilderness really yeah I like going mountain biking that's one thing I really do love uh-huh um, I love you know I love doing what I do and going around the country and speaking at conferences and things like that. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. But it also is really rewarding. Yes. Which is what, why I like it. What do you think is the really rewarding thing? Do you think the travel aspect or the meeting people? Well, the, the ability to affect uh, and help uh, parents of individuals on the spectrum and individuals on the spectrum and professionals and, and change people's lives, you know, on a larger scale. Yeah. And you definitely do that. You do yeah. that on a daily basis. Oh, yeah. I mean, with the website. But it's nice to have that, to, like, see the people you're... Yeah. Connect. You're doing, like, all in one room. Right. So you like that social aspect of being there face-to-face -face with people well, and not, seeing their... Yeah, yeah, I like the social aspect for sure. The nice part about being on stage is it's uh, more of a non-social aspect. I mean, it's just I talk and then people respond in the audience but I mean it's not a dialogue but it's not like you're having a conversation so you like the part when you're on stage not necessarily well, no, 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 I like, no no I love the part afterwards uh -huh. but I, I love the whole process because you can tell you can see people and yeah. you can see when you say certain things that they really connect with that yeah. and that to me is something that 
I feel like I'm lucky to be able to do. And yeah. I, I feel lucky to be able to give back because I, I feel like giving back is like one of the most gratifying things that you can do. I agree. I agree. I know it's not necessarily the re most reinforcing thing for everybody, but I, I find that really reinforcing too. When, whenever I can, you know, help somebody connect with something that makes my day. So let's talk a little bit in terms of when you were a kid, what kinds of things did you love when you were a kid? Are they different than what they are now? You know, it's a, a lot of the same things. I really loved going outdoors and, and bike, uh -huh. mountain biking and I really loved talking to people uh -huh. and talking about things that really interested me. And when I was a kid, I was really interested in computers and mm -hmm. would talk on for hours about like technological things, technical things that no one really wanted to hear about, but I still enjoyed <laughs> talking about them. So I would, my parents would just, I would just keep telling my parents, you know, these things over and over again. They had no idea what I was talking about as well. And so did they just let you talk about yeah, it? Did they you try know, to learn of course. More about yeah, it? of course, of course. They're my parents. So they, they, you know, they express an interest and it is an interesting topic. So I don't think I'm giving you know, an entirely right. accurate portrayal when I say that, you know, they weren't interested at all, but... Well, there are video games that Jem wants to talk about endlessly. Well, see, I don't I... talk about... I never talked about video yeah. games. I, I could never really do... Yeah? Do I, I played video games, and I, I got into one game. I, I don't know. SimCity was fun. Really loved creating things. I just... I like to have uh, an end result, and there's no result at the yeah. end of a video game yeah. other than a score. Right. It doesn't help your life. So that wasn't way. reinforcing enough for you to keep doing it. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that you really, there's a social aspect, but you can find that in other endeavors and it's much more social, I think. And that's just my personal feeling. That's why I've really never gotten into video games as much as a lot of people on the spectrum. It's probably good because it's a little bit on the addictive side. Uh, well, you know, I, I think everything, if, if you do too much of it, yeah. it will, will be addictive. Yeah. So... Talk to us a little bit about what our question of the day was, what, how do you know when you are in love? So how would you, what would you say? How do you know when you're in love, Alex? Well, I, you just know. And I, 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 that's one of those questions. I was just like, you don't like the question. I don't like the question because it gets asked all the time. Yeah. And people always give the same answer. You just know. And I just think that's just so they do. They, they, they give the same answer and, or some variation of that, you know, you know, based on like how, like, you know, how you feel about the person. Or, right. I think that you shouldn't really be asking that question. Okay. You what know what question I mean? should at, I be asking? I mean, and you shouldn't be asking that question, like in a relationship. You shouldn't oh, be I like, see. am I in love with this person? Because if I mean, you're if asking, you, you're not. If you're asked, no, that's not necessarily true. If you're asking it doesn't really accomplish anything. Okay. And in fact, yeah, yeah, maybe you're you aren't in love if you have to ask. I don't okay. know, but. Okay, so uh, sixty-four thousand dollar question: Do you feel like you've been in love, romantic yeah, love? Yeah, for sure. I, I think more than yeah. once. Yeah, I, I would say so. Okay, and uh, w and when you're in love, is your behavior different than normal? Like, do you get goofy? Uh, or no. not that you know of. A lot of times people don't realize how goofy. Yeah, they are. I don't know. I, you know, I, I always. Are you distracted when you're in love? Well, yeah, I think that anyone who's in love will, you know, feel very. You get a, you get like really preoccupied by that person that you that you have those feelings for, and they feel the same way about you, and so you think about them a lot more. If you're lucky, they, they it's mutual. I don't think it always is. Well, yeah, but I mean, if it's not mutual, you can kind of tell, and then you yeah. should you. 
it's hard to yeah. love but someone. I, well, this is a good that. question. Do you think, because I know somebody who says, no, people get infatuated with someone, but that you can't be in love, truly in love, unless it's mutual. You can be infatuated. You can be enamored of. True. You don't think that's true. So you think you can be in love with somebody and they and they could well, be yeah. not in love with you. Of course. I kind of think that too. But because infatuation is and love, that's not the difference in the definition. I mean, you okay. could... So you could you be think? infatuated with someone that's also an infatuated back, and it doesn't mean you're in love. That's true. That's true. What do you think the difference is between infatuation and love? I think the difference is is really in... It, uh, infatuation is, is an initial feeling that doesn't last, but love is something that will last for a long time. Endures. So it's a, it has a longer lifespan. And do you believe... Uh, if you've been in love more than once, do you believe that there is a, a person for everyone and that that's the person you're supposed to be with? Are there multiple people that you well, There have be to be with? multiple. I mean, look how, look at this the world that yeah. we live in. I mean, it's like how many million people are there in this world? I don't know. It's many. Uh, I did I say million or billion? How many billion? I don't know. It's like, you know, how, there's billions of people. Yeah. So there are... You're right? Like... Yes. You look at the population. I think we're in billions. I, I, I'll look it up on my phone. Uh, I, I I think we're I think it's billions. It just seems low. I mean, so I, I mean I guess like you yeah. really can't. That's I not. I think it's billions. Number. But for you, in terms of romance and love, uh, do you hope to be married someday? Yeah. No, I mean I don't really. You're not spending a lot of time thinking about. No, that. I, I'm. I, and honestly, I'm just so busy right now that it, it's it's hard to put a lot of focus on that but you're young you don't necessarily need to be focused on it right now but i don't think not... anyone ever needs to be focused on it and i don't think even if if they're not focused on it that it won't happen i, I think that you know if you know things work out and you meet the right person and, you, and that's the thing that you decide to do then you know that's great but I, it's not like you're going around being like i need to get married and you you're just trying to get married. But there are people, I guess, that try to do that. <laughs> I just think people. that just, that would drive people. me crazy, having uh, to do that. Yeah, no, I've known some people who uh, that was their whole goal is to get married. <laughs> Both men and women, well, you know, equal opportunity. Yeah. Uh, no, of course. Point, no, I know people like that. I have the world 7. population. 7 point what billion? Billion. 7.143 billion people on Yeah, it. that's right. That's about right. Because, yeah, no, I, I, I sh we should all know how many people there are on this world. That's, that's a pretty It has not been on my agenda for today, but I'm glad I know no, I just mean in general. Right, right, know? right. I mean, it's kind of significant. It is 7 billion. Uh, I, I don't know that I would have guessed that, but... Uh, I Well, I knew it was around... I thought it might have been a little... Yeah, I knew it was around 7 billion, because when I was a kid, it was like, I remember when it was like only 6. Really? Well, yeah, it's this thing, we're growing like crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it was well, six points, and I forget. Well, and and part of the reason why we're growing like like crazy is that you know there is uh, romance, not necessarily love, but romance in the air, and people then tend to have children. Which brings me to my next thing: is it on your list of to do things to eventually be a dad? Yeah, yeah you know, I, it would be nice to have you know someone that I can sort of order around and get to do things for me. <laughs> Uh, and I know you're kidding. I know that that's a... Well, <laughs> uh, well there's truth in every, in every joke. So let me ask you this. Do you... How is it different being somebody who is on the autism spectrum? How do you think it's different for you? Is there any difference for you in terms of... Are there special considerations in terms of falling in love? Are there special considerations what? in terms of who you choose? And is no, there special I don't considerations think so. in being a parent? No, not at all. I, I don't see how that's relevant. 
and I, I mean, I feel that way too, but I wanted to at least ask you that question because it's, you know, it's same kinds. Special it's this, considerations. Yeah. Is it, I mean, I know you're friends with John Elder Robeson and he's a dad on the spectrum and he has a son who's on the spectrum mm -hmm. and he's written books about right. what that's like. Is there, yeah. do you have any fear of being a parent and does, does, you know, do you have any fear of what that will be like for you? Well, I mean, if, if I'm about to have a kid, I bet you I probably will have fear because every time you talk to people that are about to have a kid, they're going to be dads. They are yeah. very scared. Yeah. So, I mean, right now, that's not something that seems scary to me. Yeah. And, and I would imagine that just like everything else in life that you will... I mean, well, you know, you always fear that maybe it'll turn into a rotten kid. You know, end up in jail. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think that everybody fears that. Well, I think I think most parents worry that their kids gonna you know, you know, be successful and, and be a good yes. person. Yes, you, know, you want them to be successful, and but I honestly don't think. <coughs> I think me. until they get into the terrible twos, you don't worry that they're that they're going to be terrible people. But in any case, we should take uh, a short yeah. break, and we'll come back and continue talking with Alex. If you have questions in the meantime, send them in. Stick with us. Welcome to Camp Discovery, a free-to-play suite of fun, interactive learning games for kids 2 and up, designed by experts in autism. Camp Discovery will open your early learner to a world of new skills, shapes, numbers, colors, locations, emotions, and more. Let's get started. Please choose a level. Objects. First, Camp Discovery's intelligent preference assessment determines your child's preferred reward for choosing correctly. Okay, got it. Let's play. Camp Discovery creates a motivating learning environment for your child by minimizing incorrect responses and maximizing successful ones. Find the shoes. Respond correctly and your child is rewarded with their favorite animations. You did it. Respond incorrectly and our unique prompting system guides your child to the correct answer by making it the largest choice. That's not it. Try again. Way to go. Continue to answer correctly and the size gradually reduces until the child makes the correct choice independently. You win! Success! Rewards motivate learning. Complete a round and your child is rewarded with a fun mini-game. Track your child's progress with easy-to-read graphs. Multiple settings options allow you to customize Camp Discovery to your child's unique needs. All this in one single app, the Camp Discovery app, available for free on iTunes, Google Play, and Amazon Store. Welcome back to Autism Live. I just have to do a little shout out. You just saw a, a new commercial that we're playing for Camp Discovery. And I love the voiceover on that, uh, that clip. And it is that little girl voice. That is our very own Emily Goodwin. So uh, I think it's remarkable. She's doing a great job. And we've been, we've been lending her out to Camp Discovery to That's do that. Excellent. She has a, a, a remarkable voice. I said Nickelodeon's going to steal her away to do voiceovers for cartoons. Uh, <laughs> and we'll just have to. She's so multi-talented and can do so many things. So don't tell Nickelodeon about her. But in any case, we are here right now with the fabulous Alex Plank from WrongPlanet.net. And we're talking about love today. Uh, because it's Valentine's Day weekend, and so... Oh, that's why we're talking about love. Okay, <laughs> I was wondering why that was the topic this week, and then I realized, that's, that's okay. That's the topic for this entire week. Uh, plus, which is February. It's feeling What are your February. thoughts on Valentine's Day? Well, I think, like 
everything else in our culture, it, everything has become this marketing nightmare of a way that we can all spend more money, right? Uh, so we get marketed to in a terrible, terrible way. I mean, the origins of Valentine's Day was a, a bloody slaughter, right? Uh, it seems a weird thing to me. Oh, yeah, the Valentine, St. <laughs> Valentine's Day massacre. massacre. That's true. Um, you never really think about that. Right, right. But... Um, Hey, if it's an opportunity for us to say nice things to other people and to appreciate others, then yeah. I think that's a wonderful thing. I don't think we have to go and spend tons of money, as, well, you know, as you, all the companies tell us well, that I mean, we need to do. And I was looking at this, a, a, a card from Hallmark. It's really not that much money. So if, if, if that... If, that, right. if, if you're talking about like, oh, well, it's just a way to make us spend money. It's like a card is like one of the cheapest thing you can buy. That's and a true. box of chocolates, right? I mean, right. like, I mean, think about other, other holidays where you have to give much more elaborate presents. But this goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show with a preference assessment, because some people need to have something like that to, to, to feel loved, right? They need well, the chocolates or the flowers, or, but I, that's the not, way they feel loved. Do they... Do they need the item or do they need the person to give them that? Well, you know, different, there are, there are individuals who say that there are lots of different ways that people feel loved. And one of the most important things you can do in life is find out the person that you're in a relationship with, find out what makes them feel loved. Is it something you say, something you do, or a way that you touch them? And so I told my husband a long time ago that I feel most loved and cared for when he does something that doesn't involve spending money. So uh, I came home last night and there was a, a, a piece of this beautiful pink colored film that he got from somewhere and it was on my pillow and he wrote on it, I love your compassion. Like it's a compliment and he, he didn't have to go buy it. He cut it out himself and like that makes me feel loved. I think that's incredibly romantic. That means more to me than getting a dozen roses which are going to die. Right now, he could go and buy the roses, and I would still go, honey. That's really sweet. But Wait, I is that the reason because the roses are going to die? So if he gave you like a teddy no, bear, then no, how, it's just would... my preference. It's okay. just me who I am. To me, the fact that he thought about it, you mm -hmm. can go and buy roses, and it doesn't take long, and they're everywhere. They're on every street corner this mm -hmm. week. But he had to think about it ahead of time, and he had to cut the heart out, and he had to decide what he wanted to say, and then take the time to put it on my pillow. Yeah. He thought about me, so that really flips my switch. That's right. my preference, and he knows that about me. Um, See, I'd much rather get a car. A car. <laughs> Not a card. A, a car. car. Yeah. Right. Well. See, I think that should be the, 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 the gift that <laughs> so, people get. So that's the thing. That you know, for do. girls to buy guys. Like, right. You know, because guys That would cars. do it for you. And we buy the roses and, you know, like right. the, the, or the, you know, the free things where we just write, I like your compassion. Right. right. <laughs> Right. So if you were in a relationship with somebody, the thing that they could do for you on Valentine's to really show they cared is to get you a car. Like a nice car. Though, a nice like some like, you know. Okay. Now, what if they could not afford a car? What would be the well, next step down? I would have down? to find someone else. Right. <laughs> no, I don't know. Alex the I'm, comedian today. I'm not uh, a comedian. I'm just telling you what, right, right. what, what would go down. Right. Um, but, uh, but no, in all seriousness, you know, right. they, they need to get me a car. Okay. All right. Or at least be able to. No, I'm just kidding. So for all the girls that are out there watching that want want a chance with Alex Blank, get a nice car. I mean, I, on just on Valentine's Day, if, if you have to give a gift. So you just rent day. it for the day. You no, don't no, no, no. You, you want to, them to no, buy No, I just mean that's the only holiday if they give me a car. <laughs> okay. That's the only day. So that's what would make you feel loved. Uh, no, but seriously, I think that really I, I, the whole 
thing about needing to, and I love Valentine's Day. It's one of it's one of the coolest holidays. You you it's one of your favorites. But, Why? I mean, what about it is so great for you? I don't know. Just everyone's thinking about like yeah. love and etc. It's kind of nice. Yeah, it is nice. It's a, you know if you have to pick something to focus on, why not? Uh, it's an okay thing to do. I mean, if you're single, it's a nice time to meet someone. That's like romantic. Yes. We met on Valentine's Day. Yes. If you're if you're in a relationship, then you can you know do something special or whatever. So yeah, but I understand. I I was single for a long, long time. I didn't get married until I was 39, about to be 40 years old. And I so I and I was single, not dating many, many of those Valentine's days before that. Uh, it didn't bother me personally because I saw Valentine's. Why day would it bother you? Well, I understand that there are some people who Valentine's Day, if they're not in a relationship, feel particularly bad and they feel particularly alone. Did they just stay, stay at home all day? You, you got to go out or like something? Or well, you go out and like that's good advice that you got to go out and try to see who, who you can meet you can and be meet, a part of the world. Yeah. But I, for me, it was always an opportunity to tell all the people in my life, you know, uh, how much I love them because there are lots of different gradations and variations of love you know you love your dog and you love your grandmother and you love you know uh different people so it's an opportunity there is an opportunity to celebrate there and you don't have to feel like just because romantic love isn't on your plate that you don't get to celebrate valentine's day it was always my uh view of things and it sounds like you agree with that well, i mean isn't it potentially always on your plate you, you never know who you'll meet Right. Absolutely. Like those movies that are always like all romantic on Valentine's Day and yeah. stuff that come out on Valentine's Day. Yeah, you never know when you're going to, to meet the person you're going to meet. Okay, we are out of time. We're going to keep talking about love a little bit later on, but we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back with a very unique young man, Dave Cott. David Cott is with us. He is from Autism at Face Value, and he is behind a new comic book that has come out that features an autism superhero. So Alex and I can't wait to talk to David. Stick with us. We're going to be right back. Skills is an online program that provides assessment, curriculum, positive behavior support planning for challenging behavior, and progress tracking, and it does this all in one place. The skills assessment and curriculum addresses eight areas of development, which even includes advanced higher level areas such as executive functions and cognition, which pretty much makes skills the only ABA-based set of curricula for teaching more complex skills, things like problem solving, planning, self-management, perspective taking, and even inferring and predicting others' private events. Skills is a four-step system. Step one is to add the child to your account. Step two is to start assessment. The skills assessment is the only ABA-based assessment with psychometric research demonstrating the language subscale to have excellent reliability. Every area of human functioning and typical child development from infancy to adolescence was researched, making the skills assessment the most comprehensive of its kind in the world, and we're quite proud of that. Skills is easy to use. Simply click Start Assessment and begin answering questions, or simply type in a keyword find specific activities to assess, and add activities to treatment. Step three, choose activities. Once you've completed the assessment, Skills selects from a pool of 4,000 activities categorized by age, level, and skill type to provide you with exactly those activities each child needs. Start by choosing a curriculum, then a lesson, and finally an activity. Click the information icon to view prerequisites, ages in which targets develop, 
Examples, and IEP goals. Click the video icon to watch a short video. Once you've identified an activity you want to teach, adding activities to treatment is a snap. Step 4. Start treatment. Here you can access customizable activity lesson details, add your own customized targets and exemplars, and edit an activity status such as introducing or mastering it. You can even print handouts such as worksheets, tracking forms, visual aids, and other materials. Skills also offers multiple progress charts, mapping curriculum progress, lesson progress, and cumulative number of activities and targets mastered over time. The skills language curriculum is categorized by verbal behavior type so that users can identify progress for verbal operants, such as echoics, mans, tax, and interverbals. Skills is one of the only programs that provides the ability to write behavior intervention plans, or BIPs, for challenging behavior. With just a few clicks, the outline of the behavior intervention plan is written for you and ready to be printed and implemented. You can learn more about Skills today and get started by visiting us at www.skillsforautism.com or you can call us at 877-975-4559. Skills. Progress starts here. Welcome back to Autism Live. Alex Plank is here with us live in the studio, and we are joined right now via Skype from Pennsylvania. David Cott from Autism at Face Value is with us. Thank you, David, for being with us. Thank you for the opportunity to talk today. What is Autism at Face Value? Autism at Face Value is our nonprofit organization that I founded a few years ago. Our purpose is to help make sure that kids feel safe, wanted and successful in their homes, schools, and communities. And we have a, a secondary mission to help uh, really reinforce that with kids on the autism spectrum. We developed a uh, comic book that uses facial feature recognition to help uh, kids understand one another, uh, their emotions, uh, themselves, and their peers. While this comic book is uh, largely geared for kids on the spectrum, we believe that a lot of kids could benefit from learning the uh, understandings of what emotions are to be able to uh, understand how others feel to help build empathy. It's really a, a remarkable venture. And, and David, we have to ask you, where can people buy the comic book? Well, right now we just started uh, with local. Um, <clears throat> our local comic shops have been absolutely supportive of us. It's a really nice thing to walk into the comic stores where I had subscriptions to my own particular uh, enjoyable comics and then to talk with uh, the vendors there to, to sell the comic books on the shelves as well. Oh, that's great. Uh, people can also order the comic books online at facevaluecomics.com. We have links for the digital download as well as print copies as well. Really remarkable. And we've got a, a piece of video that we want to show right now uh, that's uh, another interview that you've done telling a little bit more about this endeavor. So, uh, and then we're going to come back and ask you some more questions, David. Okay, great. Thank you. Okay, so here's the video. I'm Dave Cott, and I created Face Value Comics for and about autism awareness. We're the first comic book to feature a character who has autism. This is uh, the scene of which I'm most proud. It is uh, Michael on his first day of school. 
and it might appear that Michael is upside down. He kind of is, but it was done intentionally. It's not a printing mistake. The readers have to literally change their perspective to look at a person with autism differently than they may have expected. And that's kind of the point of what we're doing with the comic book. Part of autism awareness is acceptance. Kids on the spectrum uh, typically don't make a lot of eye contact. So taking the comic book and freeze framing a facial feature allows a reader to understand what the facial feature looks like. And that's one level of what we're doing with the comic book. The second level uses speech bubbles to give language to what that feeling is. So you actually begin to understand. A character says, I'm angry. And then you can match up the language to the facial expression. And then the entire story helps place the situation in context on what a character, what maybe made them angry and what that looks like. So you can predict what someone may do when they're feeling these emotions. That helps build empathy. People have asked me, do I have autism? They ask if I'm autistic. I am. I have an official diagnosis from a trained professional and uh, it helps me understand what other people are going through. We're just one voice, but it's one voice that isn't being heard in the comic book market. It's one voice not being heard in a lot of social advocacy. And this sets up a dialogue to be able to talk about what autism is and what it isn't. Reception has been big. We sold out of our first run of 100 comics in just a few days around Christmas time when we released to the public. And all the comic book stores in our area have been absolutely fantastic. The Dave's Comic has been doing amazingly well. We've sold out of two batches already. We're on our third batch up here. I think the York store is on their fourth batch, which is just awesome. It's really spreading by word of mouth. They support me in not just making my own comic book, but they support the mission behind it. I get emails from fans across the world. My favorite one was from the one in the UK. A mom had her son who is nonverbal. She showed him our Facebook fan page. And he looked at the screen and pointed to it, and then he pointed to himself. So he, he got it. And that is, I don't have words for that. Welcome back. Really amazing video there. Uh, David, David Cott is with us via Skype from Pennsylvania. We're, and we're not using the snow word. We've been told that the snow word is not allowed. That's a four letter. That's <laughs> one of the four letters. It's one of, one of the bad four letter words right now, especially in it's Pennsylvania. Like nine but inches, they say. but David, this uh, is is really a, a remarkable venture, and I'm and I'm wondering how did you get to this idea of of making a comic book to address these issues? Well, I relied on uh, what I know best. <clears throat> I am a big comic book uh, fan. I always have been since I was a little boy, and I always thought that uh, comic books are a great way to teach. While they have some great uh, uh, fantasy and action and science fiction, there tends to be nuggets of uh, wisdom or education 
uh, in a lot of issues. I remember as a boy uh, reading the Thor comic books and having to run to the dictionary or encyclopedia to understand some of the villains from Norse mythology to trying to get a leg up on what the story might tell. I didn't study as well as I had hoped for an advanced biology test one time, and uh, one of the multiple choices was uh, to describe a spider. The uh, one choice was an arachnid. And I remember where Spider-Man fought the arachnoid, and I thought that was close enough. So I attribute Spider-Man to helping, uh, helping me pass an advanced biology class uh, at one point. But I also relied a lot on my academic work, on my PhD studies, uh, where I focus on uh, autism and communication and nonverbal expression. Doctors Paul Ekman and James Russell did a lot of research about how facial expressions are kind of like a lighthouse. And uh, behind me, one of the scenes, we have uh, Myra walking the beach with a lighthouse. And that typifies the fact that people express emotions to intended and unintended audiences, that subconsciously, our facial muscles pull and retract in very uh, specific ways, regardless of age, gender, nationality, that when someone looks mad, uh, we can pretty much tell that they're angry. When someone is sad, we can pretty much tell consistently, if you understand what you're looking for in that uh, face, that they're sad. And there's even a difference between the happy uh, store clerk greeting as you go into uh, uh, a large uh, business versus when your partner welcomes you home after a long day work and they're genuinely happy to see you. Those facial expressions happen very quickly. The research that I had done a lot with some of my clients on the spectrum was building empathy by showing these emotions. We froze them on a static page, had them understand what they were, gave language to them, and the outcomes through uh, insurances and things of that nature, show that there was a marked improvement in using this cognitive behavioral approach. So instead of continually drawing pictures, if I were to draw myself, uh, this comic book would be all about stick men. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. I was reinventing the wheel with each client. So I thought if we were to have a good, consistent uh, frame of reference, I'd carry my messenger bag, we could uh, learn from this without wasting lots of paper and without uh, uh, my poor attempts at drawing even something as simple as a happy face or an angry face. Well, so I, that seemed to work really well with the idea of a comic book. I love the idea. I think it's a really clever idea. Did you have anything you wanted to ask, Alex? Yeah, I, I was just wondering, uh, you said that the I, I, in the video you were mentioning that he's getting sold out. And do you have any plans to try to market it to a wider audience all over the world? or? I mean, I mean, I know you have the website, but are you going to like events and, and promoting it? And what, I mean, what are you doing? And how many ep uh, episodes have you put out yet so far? Well, that's what they're called, issues. Thanks, Alex. Uh, this was our first issue. It starts to tell Michael's story, a little bit of his background when he's uh, going to school. And he's trying to find his place among his peers and teachers in the midst of a, an intergalactic war. We hope to wrap up Michael's story, some of his background, and his growth as a character and his growth as what will become a, uh, a genuine bona fide superhero reminiscent of the golden age of comics. Um, the golden age of comics is when uh, good guys were good and bad guys were bad. We decided to follow the antiquated uh, comic book code authority. 
uh, from several years ago where we make things uh, very family friendly. We minimize violence and our characters are, uh, uh, I guess in, in the vernacular, dressed. Um, Love it. Uh, <laughs> That's great. So, so that uh, cool. our characters uh, go, go around and, and have these small adventures. We also have storylines planned for about 18 months worth of comics as we expand on Michael and his experiences in the world, we meet other characters. Uh, in issue one, we see uh, the Zephyr, a blue costumed superhero. He's kind of our comic book character in the comic book. We like to do a lot of things uh, like break the fourth wall and talk to readers uh, as though they were sophisticated readers. We encourage the use of uh, creativity and understanding on what we're doing. We have activity pages that would be uh, Reminiscent something like uh, the old highlights for kids, where we have discussion points in our comic that we want kids to talk to one another, to their teachers, families, and other professionals about things like bullying and about facial feature recognition. We want to, with autism, focus on the positive. There is a lot of misinformation. There is a lot of questions in a lot of people's minds about what autism is or isn't. And what we hope to try to do is bring a unifying idea that there are certain things for which we all go through as we go through middle school. While it's okay to be different and quirky, uh, that's fine. But at least my personal experiences and a lot of professional ones, uh, people in middle school try to fight to be uh, viewed as uh, normal as possible. And that common struggle is what we try to focus on in the comic book. Um, we do have plans to go internationally um, our Facebook page has kind of exploded. Uh, I was happy. I remember uh, telling one day to a friend I was hoping that we could get 30 likes one day. And uh, now we're nearing in on 1,000 since August. That's excellent. Um, thank you. And it's just being spread by word of mouth right now. We're trying to find international distributors to help get into the U.K., Australia, and uh, quite frankly, all over the world. I was really flattered by a fan who nominated me for an international award for autism awareness. Love it. Um, they're in Australia. So. Love it. So the big burning question that my husband would kill me if I didn't ask, are you going to go to Comic-Con this year? We are going to go to any and every event that is financially feasible because we want to spread more awareness about autism. While Excellent. the comic book might be telling an interesting story, its main purpose is to expose more people about the positive ideas of what autism is and the kids' journeys and their own experiences uh, in the sci-fi, steampunk, futuristic world. Uh, Michael is no different than maybe some other kids with autism. And that's what we really want to focus on, the commonalities and strengths about what a person can do, not what they can't do. I, I love it. Are they have you seen schools starting to implement and use this with the worksheets yet, David? Yes, I've been asked uh, by several schools. Uh, the response, quite frankly, has been overwhelming, Shannon. I, I am happily overwhelmed. These are good problems to have. I'm um, being asked uh, by professionals uh, to, to help develop curriculum and the idea of using facial feature recognition to build empathy in the classroom uh, is, is amazing to me. It's something that uh, I spent a lot of time academically researching and uh, feel there's a lot of strong corollaries there for success. And now schools are contacting me from uh, New York, New Jersey, uh, even Sweden, 
that uh, wants to be very progressive. I was very happy that uh, the National Autistic Society in uh, the UK wanted to know how we could use the facial feature recognition skills to help build empathy among their adult ASD population to help them maintain uh, gainful work and employment. Really, uh, really the remarkable. Scope of this, the scope of this is, is, is mind-numbing. I'm, I'm just a guy, uh, <laughs> and the comic book was just an idea. Uh, I would be happy if I would have sold a few copies uh, to, to uh, local comic stores. But as the uh, month of February winds down, we'll be nearing in on a thousand copies sold. Really in just remarkable. A few you mentioned that you have a, that you were working on your PhD, David. What is your PhD in? Uh, it's going to be in psychology with a focus on autism and communication with nonverbal skills. Cool. Really remarkable and great use of it. I love what you're using. One I'm, more question, Alex. No, I'm I, uh, I'm we're impressed. a lot. I'm yeah. very excited to hear about this and really happy to. Yeah, absolutely. We've gotten a couple of comments from viewers who are just loving this topic and and they're great. loving watching this. So so thrilling. Tell them again where they can go to. What's your Facebook page and what's your website? Sure. Uh, you can find us. Go ahead and like us to find uh, some of the most current information. And uh, we do love our Facebook fans. We uh, give a lot of exclusive content, new pictures of uh, the cover of issue two uh, was the first appeared on our Facebook page, as well as lots of uh, character bios. So on Facebook, we are Face Value Comics. Uh, the whole idea of just take us at face value. Uh, face Value Comics. And then our website, uh, we're really happy to have moved beyond a simple blog, we had uh, Chris Hessenblow from Float Right Media down in Houston, Texas, really believed in what we were doing. And as we researched the cost of uh, building a website with all the bells and whistles that we would need to promote and uh, monitor traffic, um, it was rather expensive and cost prohibitive as a nonprofit just starting out. But uh, Chris and his organization built and donated the website to us. We are, you can find us at facevaluecomics.com or autism at facevalue.com. Wonderful. That's David, great. we thank you so much for being with us and we think this is a great project and we want to hear more about it so we'll definitely have to have you back on the show sometime. Wonderful. Great. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking with you today. Have a wonderful day and, and stay warm. Yes. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> All right. Take care. Yeah, uh, thank you. Bye-bye. Really remarkable Amazing. project. I'm, I want to get one. I, I, I do too. I want my child to have yeah. one of these comic books. And I love the fact that you can get uh, one that you hold or you can get an e-copy. So I think we'll probably I, I kind of like e the idea of having like a like old school comic yes. book like in my hand. I mean, I, I generally like e-books better, but in this case, I think it's kind of nice, you know. And I kind of like the idea of the having it on the iPad for him. So we'll, you know, we'll, right. we'll each get our, our preference. That's what it's about today. Preference, right. right? Okay. So we are going to take a break and go to the A word, the ongoing document documentary being made at the Center for Autism and Related Disorders, following a little boy, Jack Riley, who was diagnosed with autism at the age of two, and we'll see him beginning to start his early intervention. When we come back from the break, we're going to have Matt Asner and Nava Paskowitz with us, and we're going to be talking, continuing to talk about love. Alex is going to go away for one segment, but then he'll be, be back. back. I'll be uh, back with the wonderful. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna have we're gonna fit four people in our tiny studio okay. for the first time because it's just too good to miss. All right, let's do it. Uh, so anyway, take a look. This is the A word. I just wanted to ask you how you're adjusting with all this, all these people coming in and out of the home. You know, half of me is used to it. Half of me is no longer freaking out about how clean my house is. Clearly, 
uh, the, other, <laughs> the other half of me is still really overwhelmed. And, you know, if there's talk of one more thing that we add to our list for that week sort of freaks me out, at least initially. Well, it's easier now. It was very strange the first week. Uh, he's making progress. It's sort of relentless. You, uh, when you think you have a moment to relax, you, uh, oh, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> 9.30, is showing up. But, um, um, it's just an adjustment. It's not overwhelming necessarily. There are times where, um, you just need an hour and it's not coming. But, um, we've developed a fondness for all of you guys. So that makes it easier. And, He's making progress, so he really cares how inconvenient it is. What color? You're funny. You're like Spider-Man. You're funny. You were such a climber. Hey! She's not a jungle gym. You're funny. You're funny. You're funny. Go. Hey, you wanted to go color. Yeah, go color. Come here. Color. I have colors for you. You want green or orange? Uh, Which one's orange? Green or orange? Uh, orange, yeah. Good job. Yes, I see changes in him every day. Uh, today we went to OT and just watching him climb up a rope. And he got to the top and he was on a ledge. And she had to show him how to turn over on his belly to climb back down. And he did it again and he got to the top and he remembered. He knew to turn on his belly and do it. So just watching how soaking up stuff and, and being able to adapt it. it so quickly is, is pretty Good impressive. Good job. Now, if only that would work with, with the eating. That's probably still our biggest yeah. challenge is eating. Yeah, eating is a, it's a task. The therapist came out to my knees deep, and it probably took him, uh, I don't know, 10 minutes to really take his first bite. But um, what he'll eat and how he'll eat and when he'll eat are very challenging stuff. I think the goal is to develop the relationships with the girls first and to be more compliant on behaviors that don't involve food or eating. Um, he, he gets really worked up when new foods are introduced to him. It's a good 10-12 minutes before he'll even consider eating anything else. So we have to get past that and probably introduce it to him a lot and let him play with it more and just get that, that fear and anxiety out of him. But it's going to be a slow process, I think. He's learning something really intricate. And I'm surprised, I was talking to Suzanne, because he's so into textures and how things feel, and I was surprised that he even wanted to touch it. We had peaches in front of him today with applesauce, and tried to make, make it fun to run the trains through, and he was not happy about the whole thing. Can we squish it? Are you all done with the Play-Doh? Yeah, let's go. All done. Clean up. Thank all done. you. Good job. Uh-oh, you don't want any done? We can play with it later, Jack Riley. We're done for now, okay? You want to eat? Are you hungry? Are you hungry? You want lunch? Do you want lunch? Do you want? Do you want to watch Poco Yo with lunch? Poco Yo? How has it been like just adjusting to? There's days when he's having therapy and he's having difficulty. He's crying and. Um, those are those are hard. Uh, uh, on. Us because I think we're both overly sensitive anyway, and he's your son. Those days haven't been that many where he's like emotionally drained or anything. I think he's made the adjustment maybe better than we have. Thursday, I remember sitting in my office and hearing him cry pretty hard, and I had to call a girlfriend. Mike was gone, so I had to call a girlfriend, and I was pretty close to tears. 
and she talked me off the ledge, <laughs> which was a good thing. But since then, it's been easier to hear him. I, I haven't heard it as bad or it hasn't felt as bad, but I know it's good for him. And I know that uh, um, he's being asked to do things that uh, he's not used to being asked to do. So there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. This one. What color? Green. Green. Yeah. Last night, there were bubbles on a page, and not only did he say bubble and pointed at all the bubbles, but then he decided to pop the bubbles and started saying pop. Um, and so he's using the words right, you know? And, and that book, I think we went through every page, and he found something on every page that he knew the word for. Nothing is, uh, is easy for him anymore, even with us, I think. If he wants to do anything or if he wants to try anything, he has to ask us for it or say the color or do something. So I think we learned that from ABA. Cochlea or Baby Babble? Babble. Good choice. Baby Babble. Baby Babble. That's good talking. Bubble. If he's watching a video with you, he turns and uh, make sure you get. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? So he's fully engages you to make sure you're paying attention. And, uh, that's great because I like when he, I like when he looks at my eyes. <laughs> Welcome back to Autism Live. So excited because for the first time we not only have Matt Asner but we have Nava Paskowitz with us. So welcome to the show, Nava. Thank you so much. We're, we so talk fun. about you all the time. So uh, a lot of our viewers are very and and welcome also. Oh, Matt. thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, usually I don't have butterflies when I come on here, but now today yeah. I have a little bit of a butterfly. Going. Well, uh, you know, and there's a good reason because you're sitting next to somebody who I think gives you butterflies in general. She does. Uh, which is part of the reason why we wanted to talk to you guys today because I think your story is remarkable. I'm, I'm going to get the tissues out before we're done. Um, give me a few. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get, we'll get all warm and fuzzy here, but uh, let's start with a couple of things for, if you're new to the show, Matt is an autism dad and an autism brother. Mm -hmm. uh, and he is the head of, you're the executive director yeah. of autism speak Southern California, which is a very big job. That's a very big area. That's a, that's a huge job. So your life is filled with autism. Yes, it is. <laughs> it Even really whether I like it or not. Right, right. <laughs> it's you're 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 yeah. full full in. And mm -hmm. then Nava, you are a mom. You have yeah. four children. Four kids. But two. My two youngest. Um, my youngest son is classically autistic. Mm -hmm. He's five. And Wolfie is um, high functioning Asperger's and he's ten. Okay. And so both and you have a very rich and full life with autism too. You come Absolutely. from a family. My brother Israel started Surfers Healing. I was We well, know him as Izzy yeah, on the Izzy show. Paskowitz. Izzy Paskowitz, who's mm -hmm. he's pretty famous. Yes. Uh, and does Surfers Healing. Absolutely. And you're very involved with that. Absolutely. I I volunteered for fifteen years and um, and I was always that parent who would say, thank God it's not me, you know, yeah. and it's, I feel bad, but I, I really did feel like I'm glad it's them and not yeah. me. And cause your brother has a son. He who's has on a the severe nonverbal son yes. who's 21 now. So you got to see all of that before Absolutely. you had your kids. And, and I, I, I appreciate that honesty. I think all of yeah. us saw autism before and said, I said it I about hope, my brother. Yeah. yeah. I hope that's not me. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Or, yeah. or I, I hope it's not me. Yeah. So, but on top of that, you also work with the autism community in a couple Absolutely. of different ways. So Absolutely. talk about some of those ways. Um, I'm currently working with Leaps and Bounds mm -hmm. and they were wonderful. They let me um, create my own program in their aquatics program. Mm -hmm. And um, my program is a little different from Israel's. I, um, I start the kids out in the pool mm -hmm. and eventually they graduate to the ocean. Um, and I work with all special needs kids, not just um, autistic kids. And if somebody wanted to work with you with their child, mm -hmm. where would they get a hold of you to do um, that? They can, get, they can reach me through Leaps and Bounds, okay. which uh, runs out of Marina Del Rey, okay. or um, um okay. at Gmail. Okay. So, remarkable. You're leading these lives, being parents. Yes. And you both were in circumstances where you had become single parents, right. as that happens in some lives, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, and whether you have a child with autism or not, that yeah. happens, but you're both single parents. Yeah. Full in with your kids on the spectrum and your other kids who aren't on the spectrum and full in with your lives working in autism and you you have you've met each other before. Yeah. But well, my, then... my older brother was really good friends with Matt for mm -hmm. 15 years, long, okay. long time. And when I got my diagnosis, um, the first thing he said is you have to call my friend Matt. Mm. And Matt had just been hired the month before my diagnosis. So he was new to Autism Speaks. Okay. And as soon as we connected, um, I started volunteering with Autism Speaks and um, I chaired the Grand Club in the walk last year and I just, I, they became my family and my community and my huge, the, the biggest support um, of my life is to not feel like I was all alone and yeah. And it was a scary place. I mean, it's still scary. It's only been two years since our diagnosis, but um, I couldn't have done it without the mom's group, the support, um, you know, and Matt was my best friend for many years before we um, before love. love struck. Yeah, before. And, I, and I think it's important to talk about that. Yeah. I don't think either one of you, you were working yeah. and you were being of support yeah. to your family and to your community and and found <clears throat> friendship yeah. and then love struck. Well, well, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I always thought Nava was a very special person. Yeah. I mean, she has a, ra she radiates light and. Clearly. You know, there's a, mm -hmm. she's a very special human yeah. being. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I was. Uh, <laughs> but you were, you were busy. I, I was off the market, and uh, so <laughs> yes. was she, and that was it. And right. That was it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you know, and then all of a sudden, I think you know things kind of changed, and we kind of started looking at each other and going, "Oh, I don't know." Yeah. <laughs> Just a minute. Wait a second. Uh, right. What's happening here? But it's and, the thing is, is that when you have a kid who tantrums, and Eddie at that point was, you know, tantruming all mm -hmm. the time. Um, Nobody can understand the way an autism father could. And I honestly felt, and you said it in one of your shows, mm -hmm. how am I ever going to find anybody who yeah. could understand what I'm going yeah. through except for somebody who's who walks in my shoes? Absolutely. And it's, you know, uh, it's the perfect, you know, I don't know how to... It's perfect. Well, we talk about you guys as being the Autism Brady Bunch. Yes, uh, because the Brady this, bunch the, of this blended family now that's yes. come together. That's because I'm such a waspy 
male. <laughs> I'm a waspy male, and that's why I, think you I should, look like Robert Reed. And, I think you should go buy the house that's in Studio right. City yeah. that is yeah. the actual Brady that's Bunch right. house. That would be awesome. With the, uh, uh, with, the with the slate uh, right. rock. We do have slate rock, though, in front no, of Our us. house is the, I mean, it's it a is total the, It looks like the Brady Bunch house. house. It has yeah. a stairway. It's too I'm fun. Uh, well, we think it's remarkable, and I think it's a very hopeful story, too, because yes. I know that there are parents who watch this show that are single parents and think, you know, I, I have my job, mm-hmm. and I have my child. And then on top of that, there's the whole autism thing right. that I've got a mission, I've got a journey, I've got a walk. Where is there room for love in that? Yeah. And and here you guys can be the poster child for the fact that not only is it possible, I, it's but, beautiful. But I'll tell you something. If you had asked me nine months ago, yeah. I would have said to you, ah, you know, I don't think there is room for love. Right. I mean, I just yeah. don't think there is. Well, it over, um, it, it it's, just overwhelms you. You don't, yeah. and you get on this track of like blinders, like day-to-day, you know, enduring rather than you know, flourishing. Yeah. You're enduring. You're getting through yeah. each day, and at the end of the day, you collapse. And yeah. And but joy and happiness and love gives you energy. It yeah. Allows you to have those nights like the other night with Edwin, where when he's sick, he goes from uh, mildly autistic to severely autistic. Yeah. But we get through that together now. Yeah. And it's, well, I, and there's an implied understanding. You know, there's there's a. Uh, um, that I don't think you'd have in any other situation, which is basically what you just said. <laughs> um, you know, you, you, uh, <laughs> I'm stealing from you now. That's okay. We, uh, you know, we, we understand each other. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. there's um, certain things that happen in a relationship um, in, in, that in a normal relationship, um, I don't think it would be understandable mm-hmm. yeah. what was happening. And, and, but we have an understanding with each other that, um, you know, we're parents. Uh, of children with autism, and, I, and that comes with a certain responsibility, an extra responsibility yeah. that um, doesn't necessarily come with uh, uh, typical children. Absolutely. But I have to just give you a little credit. Really? Yes, because this is the most patient human being uh, I've ever met in my entire life. That's a good and, thing. And kids and animals love this man. <laughs> It's true. Only kids and No, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else. A lot of adults don't. But, no, no. But he, he is so patient okay with about. autism. It's, it's like having a, a tam, tantruming two-year-old 24 hours a day. Hmm. And Matt has the patience. Like, you know, we have six kids combined. He, that would drive anyone crazy. Yeah. Well, I come from a family of nine, so six is not so such yeah. a big deal. But when you've got a total of three children who've got issues on the autism spectrum, do they have my a oldest bump up guys are ADHD? Okay, so um, you've got more I've things got, going on. Yeah, we've got and and Matt's my oldest, oldest is son ADHD. is ADHD. Okay, so do they the do the different things they have uh, going on? Do they ever bump up against each other? Oh yeah. Okay. Sure. And it's how do you guys but, I mean, deal it's like with a, that? But it's uh, you know. It's like a normal household. I yeah. mean, you know, uh, there are brothers and sisters who fight. There are yeah. brothers and sisters who get along. And, right. and you know, I mean, we have, um, you know, I'm actually amazed at how our children have um, have gotten along. I, I really am because, uh, you know, I think her kids are amazing. I mean, they're incredible kids. I mean, they're all gifted and, and smart and uh, friendly. And, and they love him. And, and Matt's kids love me. And I think my kids are, you know, the same. I mean, it's... Yeah. And... Um, it just is. It's working. It's just, it just but, is. But part yeah. of it is the foundation of, 
you and I, yeah. and that that they see us happy. My daughter, who's 16, she said, "Mommy, you are unhappy all the time, mm. and you're a happy mom now." Mm. She said, "You're smiling all the time. It's annoying, <laughs> uh, you know." But she sees it. You yeah. know, she sees it, and it's wonderful. I mean, and and there's another. I think there's another element uh, that's there as well. And that is, um, I think, um, we both come from very unconventional childhoods. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, her childhood is very well known. Um, you know, yeah. there were yeah. nine kids, yeah. uh, you know, in an RV. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's... They made a documentary about my dad called Surfwise. Yeah. yeah. That, um, because we had a, this crazy, unconventional life, and it was wonderful and adventurous. And um, my dad is a Stanford-graduated doctor who gave it all up and self-taught us and traveled around the world um, working on Indian reservations for free. Um, and uh, he did that all because... And surfing. Well, he, he started the first surf camp ever in the history of ever. Right. And in 1969... <laughs> And he brought the first surfboard to Tel Aviv in 1958, and they just made a museum about uh, my dad in Tel Aviv. Amazing. As, you know, the founder of surfing in Israel. So. And my dad, of course, right. is a well-known surfer yeah. as well. And, uh, <laughs> but he's just, he's just Zadie to yeah. us. He's just, <laughs> no, but you I mean, had an unconventional childhood, I too. I, I mean, yeah. everybody doesn't have their father on television. Right. No. And famous no, when they're I, a kid. That's got to have been, have affected you. No, and I, I honestly, I give my parents a lot of credit mm -hmm. for keeping me grounded mm -hmm. and giving me a base to work off. Because uh, otherwise, I think um, it would have not been very good. Yeah. Um, you know, um, there was, but, but each of our childhoods are, um, could really consider to be unconventional yes. in different ways. Yeah. And there's, and as different as they are, there were a lot of similarities there. Yeah, absolutely. Our and fathers think, are so similar. Yeah, and I think that um, because of that, um, there we understand each other as well. So there's right. there's so much chemistry there. Yeah. Uh, that's just working, and and I there's think there's a that's, basis for understanding. Yeah, absolutely. Which is um, really and, remarkable. And, and it's global, you know, yeah. in, in in scope, um, with the autism, with the the childhoods. I mean, yes. it's it's global in scope. So it, it really. You know, it, it, it created, uh, you know, how we live our lives and what's important to us. And mm -hmm. it's, it's very similar. Well, there's no downside to this because it's remarkable for the two of you. And as you said, your children are flourishing. I love yeah. what you were saying. I always used to say that in the beginning of autism, we were just trying to survive. And yeah. then we had to start to learn how to thrive again. Exactly. Um, and that's, you know, something that we all need to be working on. So you guys are thriving yeah. with each other. And the autism community gets a wonderful thing from it because it gives you energy to inject in Absolutely. what both of you are yeah. doing for the community. Yeah. So we approve. We, you know, I want to give Good. you the Autism Live stamp of approval. Okay. This is a, I, I've said people just need to spend half an hour with you. You guys are so happy that it's, I, I said last, last week that you get diabetes being around <laughs> you because it's just so, it's so sweet and it's so wonderful. Yeah, Alex informally that no, we don't get diabetes, not <laughs> even virtually. Uh, but yeah, I don't think it's normal for either of us. Yeah. Well, you know, what being a wonderful thing. What a wonderful yeah. thing to be able to project that and project that light into the world and be give hope to other people so that for this Valentine's Day, if people are on their own and single parenting in the, in the midst of the muck that yeah. can come sometimes with a diagnosis of autism to know, hey, you guys were there and look at yeah. how happy they are. 
And and I, uh, but I think I think it's so important that it came from a base of friendship. Yes, yes, and, absolutely. And it, and it wasn't and, and a base where you were giving back to the community too. Yeah. They mm-hmm. say that if you want to meet somebody, the best place to do that is to meet it in Are a charitable or, right? uh, yeah. or you know something yeah. like that because you're going to meet somebody who has the that basis of understanding absolutely. that you have. I mean, I, I've got to say, I'm with someone that I can't imagine uh, not being with her. I mean, I, I admire her so much. Yeah, I think. Uh, She's an incredible person. Um, she's incredible with kids. Uh, she's great at what she does. And, and I think she's a, you know, she makes me look really good. <laughs> and, and everywhere around the world, everybody's going, oh, it's that diabetes thing. I'm, no, in a good does. way. She makes me in look a good really way. Good. Yeah. And, uh, and not to get too syrupy, but um, there is a point after your diagnosis where you think, why did God do this to me? Why did this happen? And I feel that God had a, a reason for giving me Edwin. I, I feel like I would never have met Matt if we hadn't had this wonderful, I mean, Edwin is a, a, the light of my life mm-hmm. and the most wonderful, joyous child on earth. And Will is the same. Yeah. But without these two little guys, we would have never met each yeah. other. We would have never, and autism, and the community and helping kids. And even even it's though it's where I belong. And even though I, I've known her brother for fifteen years. Yeah. Um, we've traveled in the same circles yeah. before. Um, but it, it, you know we would have never the, the dom- It's a fine game of dominoes we play. Yeah. You know if one domino is out of whack. Yeah. It's not going to happen. They're not going right. to fall the right way. And they all fell the right but, way. But I mean, for years, for not years, but for the, the last two years, we would have pool parties and our kids were together. Our kids were friends. Yeah. I mean, all of this happened after Matt and I had been working together for years. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, I, I, I could talk to him when Edwin was having a flip out. I could ask him questions. And he was my my best friend for a long time. And the love came out of all of that. Yeah. What a well, I always basis. liked him. Yes. What a great basis. I always thought he was cute. There we go. Yeah. (laughs) He's blushing. Uh, We love that. Well, we're going to take a short break, and we're going to bring Alex back in, and we're going to talk a little bit about dating in this century and and about autism and how autism parents date and how Mm -hmm. individuals on the autism spectrum date, because it's a sticky wicket for everyone. Yeah. Uh, There are all different new considerations and, you know, texting and all these things. I've been married now for 11 years, and, and everything has changed so much since I got married I feel like a really old old woman who's uh, missed it all you guys are in the middle of it so we're gonna have you guys give our that's how I felt yeah I felt like a really old woman who missed it all. That's what I felt like. <laughs> well, I'm, and believe me, I'm thrilled. I, you know, I love my husband. I'm, I, I don't, I don't yeah. need to start dating yeah. again. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to do any of that. But I don't really understand all the different yeah. things now. The, it's different. The nuances. The nuances, exactly. So we're gonna, and we're gonna bring Alex back in and have him give his uh, view on it as well. So stick with us back after these. Hi, I'm Ryan with Autism Research Group. We study ways to improve the lives of kids with autism. One of those ways is teaching safety skills, such as what to do if they get lost. We hit the streets to find out if anybody knows the correct answer on how to teach a kid what to do if they get lost. You're teaching a child. What to do if they get lost. Yeah, you're trying to make them independent so they have the skills. Gotcha, okay. Well, give them a compass. Codename's good idea, Centurion. We always have this whistle. Um, 
Oh, I'd also tell totally. the kid, I tell the kid, don't get scared. It's all you're gonna be all right, man. This is just the world. You're this is planet Earth. You're at home here. As long as you're on planet Earth, you're at home. As long as you're on planet Earth, you're home. This guy's a genius. With that flawless logic, he just solved our homeless problem. And as for the unique sounding whistle, although very cool, it'll probably only work if you're in close proximity. And a compass. I have her call me. Yeah, she doesn't have a phone. Parents are like, you're too young, you don't need a phone. Establish some sort of like meeting place. What if they can't find a meeting place? Because sometimes Ooh. the kids get nervous when they get lost. Yeah. Like a backup plan. Well, like well, plan B. Yeah, I don't know. No, not really. Let them go and find a new kid. Or something. <laughs> yeah, I've got a different one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's not much you can do. There is I stuff like... you can do. I... That's right, there is stuff you can do. In 2012, myself, along with my colleagues, Dr. Jonathan Tarbox and Dr. Adele Nadowski, published a study in the Journal of Applied Behavior Analysis on teaching kids what to do when they get lost. The study demonstrated how three simple things, rules, role-playing, and praise, were effective in establishing these help-seeking behaviors. The benefit of this method is it doesn't require the child to have a cell phone or to have to locate a meeting place, which might be difficult if they're in a place like Disneyland. So once again, our method included rules, role-playing, and praise. Let's head back outside and learn about some of these rules. They should yell out loud. Can't find my mom, my mom, help me. Maybe yell out and scream for help. All right, scream really loud. Correct. And if that don't work, then... I don't know. Well, they could seek help from someone. Find an adult. Yeah, go to a vendor, you know, and say I'm lost. Find an adult, like a police officer, or a fireman, or an employee in the store, and tell them, and maybe they can help you contact your parent. It really is that simple. You don't need to get your kid a cell phone. You don't need to establish a meeting place that they might not be able to find when they're lost and panicking. And you definitely don't need to give them a compass. All your kid has to do is three things. First, yell mom or dad real loud. Two, if that doesn't work, find an employee. And then third, tell the employee they're lost. If they can't locate an employee, then tell them to find a mother with children because that's probably the safest person to approach. I'm not saying that most men are predators, but most predators are men. That is a fact. I've read it in a fortune cookie. All right, so you've gone over the rules with your kid and you've quizzed them and they're able to tell you the correct responses so they understand the rules. But is that enough? How do you know they're gonna perform correctly in a real world setting? You need to get out there and find out if they can actually do it. So you'd go over the rules and tell them like, do this, do that, but how would you know if they actually knew what to do? If you wanted to shoot a basketball and I just told you, oh, when you shoot a basketball, do this, this, and this. I never, never practice. You never practice. Yeah, so it doesn't matter how many times we go over the rules or how well you can repeat them back to me. It's not going to change until you get on the court and practice. Maybe do uh, like a, you know, a little skit with them. Like a role play. Like... Role play. Yeah. Your child, you're lost in the toy aisle. Okay. What do you do? I'm an attendant walking around. <laughs> I'm lost. I don't know where my mom is. And then once you practice, you just like praise them, give them feedback, like good job, you did it. Yes, this woman wins the prize for best comment. She pointed out the most important part of learning, reinforcement. Now, in our study, we used praise, but for your kid, you might have to use something else. You might have to buy them a treat, a toy, take them to their favorite restaurant where they can eat unhealthy food and run around and climb through plastic tunnels that have the unmistakable scent of urine and then play games spending $20 to get a plastic little spider ring that they will eventually lose in the ball pit. The point is, you need to reward your child for correctly demonstrating what you've been teaching them. Okay, I'm gonna call her. 
Hello, your child. Ryan, I was just in this thing. So you tested it out I'll in the store <laughs> to make sure I knew it. I had the rules, yes. we role played it, and you made sure I knew it, and then like you said, good job, and all that. Now we're good to go. We're good to go. All right. Done? High five right there. Yeah. So there you have it. Give your child the rules, get out there and practice, and reward your child for responding correctly. For more information, please visit us online at autismresearchgroup.org. I'm Ryan Bergstrom. Thanks for watching. Yes. Ding. No. <laughs> yes, this woman wins the first. Yes, this woman. Yes, this woman wins the best. Yes, this woman wins the first place. Yes, this woman. Why can't I say what? Yes, this woman wins. What's the line? Yes. Welcome back to Autism Live. We're, we have quite the crew here. We've got the amazing panel. We're talking about love. So going down the line, we have Matt Asner, Executive Director of Autism Speaks Southern California. We have Nava Paskowitz, amazing. You, you work for so many different, who do I talk about? We talk about Leaps and Bounds. We yeah. talk about your own program, yeah. which is called? The Paskowitz Program. The Paskowitz mm -hmm. Program. But you also do uh, some work with your brother's program, Surfers Healing. Right, I volunteer with Surfers Healing and um, um, anything I can. Uh, I've been You're working amazing. with special needs kids for just a few years, but I've been teaching typical kids to surf for 30 years. Amazing. And then no. on the end, we're rejoined again by Alex Plank from <laughs> WrongPlanet.net. And this all came about because a couple of weeks ago we had just Matt and Alex on, and we got into a discussion about love, yeah. and we were saying we need to have Nava here to have this we discussion. Need a female perspective. Well, I'm a female, God. but we needed but another female. We needed to be even. You're yes, exactly. Exactly. You're the host. You're the moderator. Yes. Thank of you. this love fest. There we go. And it is a love fest. So because you're all friends yes. and you know each you're other and, uh, uh, and you get along well <laughs> to the point that we can have a hand fight on the show. Uh, but I, I wanted to invite Alex back in to talk about dating in the, the 21st century. Mm -hmm. And you guys had recently just been back on the market and, and, and went through this process fairly recently. And Alex, of course, is single. And, and dating has changed a great deal. And yeah. I wanted you guys to talk a little bit about uh, <laughs> about how dating is different now. Well, we'll start with Alex. I, I, well, you know, I, I think that I have no no change. Like, what what can I compare it to? Well, yeah. I, I, know, I know, I know something I can experience. say. Okay. What's amazing to me is everything is on Facebook. Yeah. So you you uh, you are you literally. You live your life on Facebook now, most people do. As a friend of mine says, your business is always on the streets. You're, yes, that's <laughs> yeah. right. And that's amazing to me. I mean, yeah. really, when you think about it, it's like, wow. You know, everyone knows what you're doing. Everyone knows what, what's going on. And, and it's like, it's pretty heavy. Yeah, well, you so know, that wasn't there when, good and bad. Exactly. That, <laughs> yeah. wasn't there, that wasn't there when I, you know, when I was, you know, in my dating periods. That wasn't there. Right. But do you find now that you are aware of that? So you're aware when you post things of the fact no, that... No, I'm, I'm really oblivious to most of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, honestly, I, so. you guys I, post I, a I, lot I, of stuff. But I make, very... I make it my... I make it... <laughs> you post too much? I, I make it my Over business post. not to post, like, anything that's... I don't know, <laughs> that, I, that I consider too much information. Okay. You know, I mean, I, I post about stuff that's important to me. 
Okay. You know, uh, and, um, which is family, family, and, and Nava, and Nava's and, family, and autism, and and, autism. and, and, and entertainment. Um, that's the important stuff for me, and and everything else. No one, that, needs, uh, no one, and no and one needs to really Starbucks. know. Starbucks, right? Everyone yeah. keeps talk, posting about that. Well, it's right. like I, if the I'm in a restaurant. Starbucks, have you heard of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My son told me that. It's like I'm, all over Facebook. But you know, I, I, you know, I just don't think that's it's. You know, there's a reason to like, you know, put who, who, what restaurant you're at, and uh, right. uh, unless you're with a bunch of family and you want people to know you're having a good time, and right. You know, otherwise it's not. You know. Yeah. I don't understand it. Well, I, we were talking earlier this morning about what people find reinforcing. I personally, I enjoy looking at other people's stuff on Facebook and checking in with what they're doing and seeing mm -hmm. that. And I enjoy posting some things and getting people's reactions. But it's not reinforcing enough for me to make it a full-time job mm -hmm. where I'm constantly telling where I am. I don't particularly mm -hmm. want people to know where I am all the time. Right. I, that it's isn't like reinforcing that, to me. It's scary like, it's a little like bit. that, that yeah. find my iPhone thing. Yeah. And it's like, you know, my, my son wanted me to download that. And I'm like, why? would I download that? Mm -hmm. I want some privacy in my life. I don't want to... So you can add, like, I don't wanna, know, every time... Oh, he's at uh, Wilshire and Bundy. You know, wow. You know, <laughs> right. what's he doing there? I'm like, why? <laughs> right. Why is that even... Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I don't get that either. But And I think, but I think people willfully go into it. Yes. They willfully go into it and, and they, they willfully they give their it. privacy away. Yes. Um, because but they so they are enticed by the social aspect of it. Yeah. You know, because I think it is enticing. You know, yeah. you want to be friends with everyone. You want everyone to know that you're having a good time and that you're out there in the world. Yeah. But it's weird. Yeah. It is a little mm -hmm. weird. And and did you feel um, when you guys started dating and, and your business is all over the streets, is it a little weird for you? When I notice because I'm friends with you on Facebook and, and I'll it looks, like, wrong. <laughs> it looks like you guys are living large, that you guys go and do things a lot. And I go, look at that. Look at how movable they are. And they go and do oh, things. You know and, yeah. um, but only because he's forced me to do it. I was the anxiety mom yeah, yeah, yeah. who was afraid okay. to take Edwin anywhere in public. Okay. And yeah. he has really brought me out of that okay. and forced me to take chances and take Edwin to places that I would never have the nerve to take him before. Well, I, I really, I, I firmly believe that, you know, you need to be out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You cannot, oh, yeah. you, can, you, you know, with what's going on, I mean, certainly with us, you know, with, we have children on the spectrum, you have to be out there. You, mm -hmm. you, you know, the most important thing for them as people is to be around other people and yeah. understand and the complexity of, of, of what, what's yeah. going on out there. And it's important. Yeah. yeah. So I agree with you, but I'm with you that I'm that anxiety yeah. mom that I, you know, and sometimes I don't get past it. Sometimes yeah. I decide not to. Uh, oh, or that there's a level of overwhelm absolutely. that I know and what Edwin the limit is. is. Unusually big. Uh -huh. I mean, he's huge. I have fibromyalgia. I couldn't physically pick him up sometimes. Uh -huh. And I would be terrified that he'd have a tantrum and I'd be alone. And yeah. um, uh, But I'm not saying there aren't moments of anxiety. Okay. But I think yeah. anxiety but is a part the more, of what we go the, the calmer yeah. I am, the more it, 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 he feels that vibe. Yeah. And Matt is such a calming. Yeah. Um, I mean, Edwin and he have a connection that's unbelievable. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm the personification of Xanax. Yeah. Well, you heard the story <laughs> about right. the haircut. I mean, yes. we, I've been try I got kicked out of four different haircut places. Yeah. Matt took him. The first time Matt took him, and Edwin got so a haircut. Amazing. You know, that was the end of it. There was something funny that happened during that, though. I know this is not about dating, but, you know. It's it was okay. Kind it's of all about love. It was all a part of our courtship. Real quick. Yeah. Uh, there, there was a... 
We were, I'm sitting in the barber chair. We're halfway done through the haircut. I think uh, I told you this, but yeah, you did. You we're did. halfway done through the haircut, and and he looks like um, you know Phil Oakley from the Human League. Uh -huh, so he's got uh -huh. like the shaved head over here, oh and he's got the goodness. long curls over here. Right. And so he looks oh like man woman. Right. And and the the haircutter says, oh oh my God, I'm gonna have to leave. And I looked at her and what? I said, what are you, kidding me? She's halfway through What are you haircut. talking about? I, you can't leave here right. until I have to pick my kid up. And I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> you no, you have to stay here and finish this. Yeah. you got to finish what you start. Wait, so she, I've never heard of that. Yeah. Is that crazy? What, what world is she living on where she thinks she could cut out? It was insane. Well, I mean, yeah. let me tell you, it was and not was, it was know, a stressful was. situation. Yeah. I mean, Screaming, yeah. he was. Yeah. But, but I said to her, I said, look, you know, we have a short window of time here mm. before he starts knocking my teeth out. Right. So let's... Let's, finish, you know, finish what you started. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So well, I, I think it's wonderful that you have that effect on him and, the, and yeah. that you can do that. I wish that for everybody in their life that they find somebody, whether it's an uncle or a yeah. neighbor, you know, who has that calming effect. Yes. I think sometimes as moms, it's not going to no, be us. And there's nothing absolutely. wrong with that. No. But you need to find the person who, uh, and, and make sure that they stick around. Yeah. <laughs> right? I wasn't always like this, though. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's self-preservation. experience. Mm -hmm. uh, well. I think I, I, I reached a certain point and I said, you know what, I've got to calm down because you, you I'm used way to not too high be like this. What no. were you like? Um, a lot like Jake. It would be interesting. A lot like my son Jake. I was, I was constantly, like I was constantly moving and I was constantly like, oh my God, oh, what's going on? You know, I was constantly worried about everything. And then, um, you know, through certain things that happened in my life, life experiences, um, I, switch turned on, and I thought, you know, I've got to start finding ways to cool down and, and understand that things are not as bad as they seem, and take everything as it comes, and yeah. uh, take, take each experience and use my experience from my past experiences and, and diffuse the situation internally. Yeah. Well, one um, thing I notice is a lot of people just go through life just... <laughs> on a mission and, and like they have this thing that they gotta do or like all these things that all these problems they have to solve and they never really sit back and enjoy what's happening and then they look back right. and they're like oh wait, I wish I had enjoyed that mm -hmm. and I used to be like all about like not even enjoying it and now I just sort of got to the point where I kind of just have to well because that comes with age I'm not that old. Jesus well, Christ. This is a baby right here. <laughs> I'm 27. See, it comes with age. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but that's not saying you're old. That's just saying you're not 14 anymore. But I'm, I'm just saying, you know, it's, it's like, you know, when, when someone talks about school, let's, mm -hmm. let's use that as an example. Um, oh, I don't need, I, you know, I don't need to go to school because I, I, I just, you know, I, I'm too busy and I've got this thing going on and I, you know, and, it, and it's like four years of my life. It's, you know, and, and, it, and it's... You know, it, it, to a to a young person, to a teenager, that seems like an eternity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But for an adult, it's you know, that's four years. Nothing. Is, yeah, it's, the blink of an eye. It's mm -hmm. going to be quick. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and perspective. Yeah. Yeah. You absolutely. Have a different perspective. I want to get back to dating a little bit and talk about. Yeah, we should. Uh, <laughs> well, we don't have to, but I but I do want to talk with Alex a little bit yeah. about what are the realities of dating in this century. Let, let's just talk about. We talked about Facebook a little bit. Uh, when what what are in your estimation, well, yeah. when you meet somebody, how long are you supposed to wait before? What's the protocol? You're supposed to call them within two days. What's the protocol? The no, there's question. no protocol. <laughs> okay. 
You know, you have one, one, one girl you call her, you know, two days later and it's too late. Next yeah. girl you call her, you know, the next day it's too early. The yeah. next day you call her three days later and it's too early. I think and it, it doesn't really matter. And like, honestly, it doesn't matter. That's, see, it that's, depends that's on how much you stuff. like her, too. Well, no, it depends on... Yeah, yeah. you really you like, like somebody and she really likes you. It doesn't matter if you call her back the same night even, or the next morning. Even so, I mean, if she doesn't like you and you call her back the next day, like, I mean, and she doesn't... And plus, you don't even call, you text now. Yeah. But are there, are there people who, who, um, who think there are rules? Because there are that, you know, rules. Because that it's comes not, up. It's not, no, no, I know. But, but that comes rules. up all the time. You know, and it was great. It was well, really great. You know, in, in, you know, in the movie Swingers, you saw that film, right? Mm. Where where John Favreau um, oh, calls yeah, the girl a great scene. And, and leaves this crazy <laughs> rambling message <laughs> yeah, about how that. much he yes. likes her. And I mean, you know, you're always afraid of leaving a message like that. Unless that, unless that's exactly that. the message yeah, that she wanted. You know, you never know. There, there are rules. Yeah, yeah because sure. I would find that adorable if you did that. And you uh -huh. have done something like have. that. <laughs> yeah. I don't see anything. I don't see how that, you know, that if, if it's done in the right way, that that actually wouldn't work. No, it's you know, true. It's, but the thing is that you hear all these rules and then like they, they don't work for everyone and like no. you, know, you say one thing to you know five different people in like a period of like 10 minutes and the reactions from each of them is going to be like completely different like polar opposites so well, let me ask yeah. you this what do you think is the hardest thing about dating in the 21st century the hardest thing yeah well, it's just a, a lot of it's just the times that it sucks your time it's like a that vortex of like a vacuum like of time and it's just a waste of time because at the end of the day it's all this stuff that you have to do and then it's a waste of time to well i i'll tell you the the yeah the thinking about if oh. you should call uh, <laughs> you know like yeah. what day to call and then waiting two days that's yeah. a waste of time and like even just like the whole process of like meeting people that you're not compatible with see so like, you're even stressing about the rules I don't stress about the rules. I'm just saying that, like, the fact that you would even think about that. Yeah. I just stress but about But you do. It. It's inevitable that you think about uh, it. I mean, if you really like someone, you're going to start thinking, like, what if I did this? But then it really, you, you realize that it doesn't matter what you do. Exactly. As long as, like, you guys are compatible and you don't, like... But when oh. it's right, it's effortless. Yeah, there's, if it it's, really is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if it's right, you don't have to try. And when you're it trying, just starts... it just, that's the thing that I... But I, think I... but I think that's the problem, then. Because I think... When, when you're single and you're dating, mm -hmm. you want to find someone. Most people do. Yes. You want to find someone. And so you're, you're, uh, it's inevitable that you force the situation right. a tad here and there. You have to fit a square. It's inevitable that you try to fit a square peg yeah. in, a, in a round hole yeah, at you have to, you know, you have to present like this version of yourself that only exists for that small window that yeah. you're dating for that period. And then you like, you know, you both like, let each other like into like who the real you is. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You got to do the dance. Yeah. That's true. But I mean, it makes sense because, you know, some of these people, you know, if you got to know the real you, you know, immediately it'd freak, freak yeah. out. Yeah, <laughs> no, he's right. He's right. Yeah. If it's sort of, if it's sort of, if it eases, it's kind of like if you, if it's like kind of like how they say, uh, you know, if you slowly heat up the, uh, the, uh, Water when you're boiling uh, uh, lobsters, that you know they they don't jump out. If it they jump out if it's too hot, but if you slowly heat it, because you're like, tricking them. Yeah, it's like that. <laughs> with with uh, you, it's like a like a jacuzzi. It just gets yeah. hotter. Yeah, hotter. you finally to go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a short break, and then we're going to come back more with our panel. We had some questions come in about the comic book that we'll try to answer, uh, but we'll we'll be back more talking about love and taking your questions on that. Stick with us. Hi 
guys, welcome back to Smarty. It's February and for this month, we have made a template for you. You can find it on facebook.com slash autismlive. And this activity works on your child's pincer grass. So let's get started. The materials you'll be needing are scissors, a hole puncher, a glue stick, shoelace, cardstock, and our template that you can print from facebook.com slash autismlive. First, I'm gonna take my template and glue it to cardstock. And the reason I'm using a glue stick is so that it doesn't ripple, because if you use the wet glue, it's gonna make it all lumpy. Once I have my template glued to my cardstock, I'm gonna take my scissors and cut out the heart. Now that I have my heart cut out, I'm gonna cut out the holes with the hole puncher. This is where your child's gonna take their shoelace and start threading through it. Now that I've put all the hole punches through the template, now I'm gonna get my kiddo to come over and take the shoelace and start sewing the outside of the heart. Shoelaces are great because they have the tip already making it easier for the child to thread it through the holes and they come in great different colors and patterns. As you can see, we found some really festive hearts. Here's my completed Valentine. Now it makes sense, right? I love you so very much. <laughs> as you can see, the child has a lot of opportunity to work on their pincer grass and find mold as they sew around the heart. I hope you enjoyed doing this with your child. Until next time, craft on guys. Bye. Can you see me flying by your side? Welcome back to Autism Live. We had a couple of quick questions that came in uh, about the comic book that we featured in the last hour. They want to know if the comic book is for kids with autism or kids without autism to understand it better. And in fact, it's for both. That uh, has a wide range that this comic book can do that people are using it for kids on the spectrum to help them to learn and to feel included. And they're also using it in, as he was saying, in classrooms in different places to be able to to help uh, autism awareness. Now, if you, had, if you had a superpower, what would it be? Invisibility. Oh, I love that we're going into comedy. Or, or, <laughs> it's like or one of my favorite things. If you could fly or if you could be invisible. Which, I which have always wanted the power of to be able to touch somebody you and see, heal there's them. Only two, there's only two choices. This is you could either. Fly. No, I want to heal somebody with my touch. I understand that. Why? Because it tells something about your personality. It's a so it's flying. Uh, the healing touch. It tells you what, what kind is of it? person you are. If you could have the ability to fly or be invisible. Oh God, invisible! No, I don't like See, that tells heights. You, it tells <laughs> you. See, I would choose flying because then I could use her for invisibility, and she could use me. Oh for yeah, flying. Wonder Twins powers yeah. activate. Uh -oh. <laughs> but so I would, what would you choose, fly. Alex? I would choose both. <laughs> that wasn't was an option. There was. There wasn't. I want the healing power then. See, but some people have special abilities that are outside the realm of what you expect. You know, it's like a, a mutation where you get both. That's cool. Okay. Were, you, were you into comic books? No, I liked uh, that that show Smallville on TV. That but you were not like you were I not a, a reader of comics. Uh, yeah, it's about Superman when wow. he was a kid. I remember that show. I was a reader of comics. Oh yeah, yeah I did too. Do you still like comic books? Is that something that's still of interest to you? I love comic books. I yeah. do too. I love so, them. I think. I think. Do you and go I, to honestly, I don't go to Comic Con. I occasionally go to one with my dad because I love right. seeing the activity mm -hmm. and craziness. You should go. To, we should all go to. We should go to Comic Con. Oh, it's so much fun! Like I've gone great. many times. It's great. Daniel's obsessed. I, I see. You get cooler right in a minute. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, I no. I I was into comic books when I was little. I remember yeah. the first comic book I bought. Uh huh. Uh, my dad took me to Bernie's newsstand in mm -hmm. Studio City, uh, right by uh, Webby's Bakery, and. 
I was in there looking carefully, choosing, and it was an Avengers comic book. There we go. And uh, it was, you know, it was just, that was it for me. Mm -hmm. That was it for me. And I, uh, you know, then in the, in the, I think in the 80s, I got into it again, and when it got kind of darker, and uh -huh. it, it was, I, comic books are awesome because I think it's a great um, tool to get kids to read mm -hmm. uh, and to get them active in storytelling, and yeah. I think it's great. Yeah, I think right. comic books are awesome. And now, are your kids into comic books? Very much so. Mine love the Japanese, you know, the anime, anime stuff, but we're getting them, we're trying to get them more into the classics. I mean, I loved, um, it was the Avengers too, but uh, the Scarlet Witch was my yeah. favorite. I liked and Superman. Halo. Hmm? I like Superman, but I, you know, my kids are not into it at all. Couldn't mm -hmm. care less. Really? No. Couldn't but your care kids less. aren't into video games either. Oh, yes. Oh, my, my, son, my, son oh, Jake, yes. my son Jake is really into video games. Okay. And that's, I think, both an autism and an ADHD thing. But I, like, I couldn't never do video games, though. I couldn't do obsessed. it. No, Will, Will can't. Will, I can't do anything that doesn't have an end result other than getting points on a scoreboard. Will, Will well, you can do it. It just isn't isn't your thing. It's not, you don't yeah, love it. Matter. I mean, I can't do it to the extent that certain people do. How do you feel about the visual of it? Because when I look at some of those things, I feel like I'm going to get a migraine or get vertigo. I, I can't even look. I get at some of them. I do too. Yeah. I think you get. Used I have to like it that vestibular thing. Well, maybe. I, I always find I always find with the driving games. Like, Jake likes a lot of driving games yeah, where you smash into other cars. Yeah. You know, like Grand Theft Auto and something um, like that. Yeah. And so I always, find that, <laughs> I always find that if I get behind the wheel of a car after I've been watching him play, or if I play it, I sometimes, you know, go up there and play. But, right. but um, I, 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 like, take a minute when I get behind the wheel of my car and go, oh, wow, I, I have to take a minute. Because it's so, you know, weird to get in a car after you've been crashing into other cars and jumping yeah. things, and it's bizarre. So yeah. I, I always wonder, you know, for the truly unbalanced out there, how does that work? I mean, well, I, mean, I wonder if there's a, a statistic. About it. I don't yeah. know. I think yeah. that I think that there's a big, big difference between driving a car on a, a video game and driving it in real life. I no, mean, but it's, it's a, a weird. weird experience. I'm sorry. I think but, maybe you're the only yeah. answer. No, I, I think so. That was weird. But it's, I know, it's like but it's super visual, weird. It's a visual thing. I'm a very visual person. Yes. And I get behind the wheel of a car, and um, it's all about visuals. And and when I'm playing right. a video game or when I'm watching a video game being played, it's it's a similar visual. You're looking out the windshield of a car and you're smashing another thing. There's a desensitization like factor. There is, there yeah. is. And that's what a lot of the debate is about about yeah. the Blood violence. and sh shooting. Yeah. And, and, and will yeah. will there are some people who don't have the ability to you at least are aware of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, but it, and, and that's yeah. and that's great. But what yeah. about the person who isn't aware of the Does it create shit? the Columbine kids? Right. Does it create yeah. the God. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but I but I, 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 I no, but I look at Jake playing these games and sometimes he like won't do the missions and I'll just run around and I'll like smash into things. Well, and that's the like, fun part. But I'm just like, wow, why? You know, play the mission. Yeah. I'm like, do the mission. Don't just run into things. It disturbs me in a way. But you know that for our kids, video games is what we used to do when we would go outside and play and war. build a fort mm. uh, yeah. and do those things. Oh, they you don't... play war? You'd like... 
Yeah, we used to do that. We build a fort and and have you know mm -hmm. I'm from the the east and northeast where you would have a snowball fight, yeah. the forts, and then you know you'd uh, not politically correct anymore, but you played cowboys and Indians, mm -hmm. and the girls could only be nurses. I mean, there was a certain See, amount. But that's of, worse you know, than a video politically game, incorrect that's in all the way yeah, but, I mean, but you know, our kids don't have the ability to walk into the woods by themselves right. anymore. First of all, the woods aren't as accessible, and second of all, it's not safe. So but they play also the, the video physical games. part of it. Yeah, that they're all sedentary. They're all sed yeah. My my middle guy, he would rather play video games than go. And, and he used to be a very physical kid, and he's yeah. gained weight. And yeah. you know, yeah. it's a problem. It is a problem, uh, and I don't and I don't have any answers. <laughs> I will say that uh, surfing I is the answer. There you Get go. Them I want to bring, my, you know, my son went surfing for <clears throat> surfer's healing, and it was an amazing thing. He has said every year subsequently that he did not want to go back out and do it. But it was the first time that he said a full sentence was when he came off the surfboard. And what he said wow. was, Mommy, I not get eaten by sharks. Oh. Right? And that's, <laughs> a, good, that's a, a good thing there was that a, happened. There was a, a, I didn't realize how much anxiety he yeah. had uh, going out. And I hope that sometime again he will do it. He loves it's the a, water. And it's a totally different experience if we took him out. Out when it was when it would just be us yes and not the crowds sometimes yes. are very so hard for afraid. the kids. you know it's weird I was so afraid of certain things and I would never articulate it mm -hmm. to anyone I would never share that and I just had this fear and it would be in my head all the time I wouldn't say it to anyone my parents didn't know this and I would be doing you know and it's like do you think anxiety is a component of all autism no, no no well I mean anxiety comes frequently with autism but I mean I believe that it. autism is the genetic um, Condition. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have so much well, yeah, I mean, autism course, in my obviously. family directly. I mean, five. <laughs> no, but we have five kids in my family yeah. with autism, and um, but we all have anxiety. Yeah. All of the parents of the five children. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, because that's that repetitive, you know, thinking. Mm -hmm. I mean, that that manifests itself in you know repetitively thinking about something that worries you. Right. Which and you're trying to get it out of your head. You know, mm -hmm. like that is the same thing, sort of. It, I mean, in, in a way, to neurological issues, yeah, I mean, it's, ADHD, it's very present mm -hmm. in the autism community yeah. and in the parents of children with right. autism. I mean, uh, there's no doubt about that. Right. But did you know that fibromyalgia is also yeah. and other immune issues? Yeah, as well? you told me. That. Yeah, so uh, it is amazing. Now, in your family, of course, you are not you. You have a brother who also yeah. is on the spectrum, so you have a genetic component I there as well. Have, I also have other people in my family who are, uh, you know. Yeah. I'm not gonna say anything, but there right. are definitely issues there, too. Well, I, you know, I say about my family, about everybody globally, we're all on the spectrum somewhere, right? It's just who qualifies for a diagnosis. Right. Right. <laughs> this is what we Absolutely. talk about. Uh, and, and a lot of That's us true. don't qualify for a diagnosis, but we, I mean, I know I have OCD. I'm, you know, I'm on the spectrum mm -hmm. there. Um, I just don't qualify for a full diagnosis. Right. Right. But um, I mean, in your but you family... Don't now, I mean, but uh, you have to wonder, I mean, if you were, you know, if if you were a kid now and like yeah. just like you were you don't I mean it's possible you could be get get a diagnosis because mm -hmm. you can't really look at yourself when you're a kid and really see how but I see home yeah. videos of me and it's like whoa <clears throat> the kid's clearly clearly autistic yeah it's like to see those that's so that's so amazing I would love uh, to you see know, those Alex there's a there's a scene in a movie called the story of Luke I don't yes love that movie. where he looks at old videotape yeah 
And I started bawling like a baby when I saw that. Well, I'll show it to you right after yeah, this takes five seconds. I, I would love phone. to wow. see that. We would wow. love to have it on the show, so a videotape of you when yeah. you were a kid yeah. to see. Yeah. Because Actually, that's a great show because you want to... Uh, it gives us hope. Give, we have yeah. little guys that into what was going this would on be my dream exactly. to have my son grow up to be well, a man like, like Alex. Son. Absolutely. We've adopted him, haven't we? Yes. I'm, you are amazing. He's the, the sixth child in the Brady person. Bunch, right? You, guys no, are you already have no, six. He's the seventh. He's Alex. Seven. You're my dream. It's, he, they, they did have it. They did have Alex. Alex. Yes, oh no, no, no. They had. Um, didn't Robbie Risk like join the cast I don't after? Remember. He, there was a, a seventh <laughs> Brady Bunch when the kids. Got oh right. I'm older than you, and I stopped. Yeah, no, they did. They brought. They had an adoption. What is cousin? Whatever his name is. There you go. What a weird show. Did we? We have digressed everywhere. But it's all about love. It's all but we, did we tell you that Alex and I also work, um, we're on the board of directors of For the Miracle Project. Yeah. That's how I started to hang with Alex. That's amazing. Yeah. That's an amazing. Which is an amazing organization. Yes, we've had that, that My show. little guy is in the Miracle Project. Oh, wonderful. On June 8th at the, at the Help Group, we're having the um, performance, and Fabulous. it's going to be amazing. Well, and we've got shows planned to talk about that. We've promised them that we yeah. have some shows on about that. We're almost out of time, so I want to I go down the row, and last thoughts on on, on love. We've, we've cycled around a bunch of different things, but it's good discussion. So, Alex, last thoughts on love. Or anything you want to say to anybody for Valentine's yeah, Day? I, I just think that, you know, love is something that uh, is everywhere around us, and you just have to find it. And, 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 and can I say any more, like, cheesy stuff? Because I was saying oh, that... Love like, is all around. Love is all around. Wait, hold on. And also... <laughs> you had love, a very love Yoda conquers all, love, yeah. love conquers all. Yeah. And you know what? Aww. Like... You know, I know that you're not might not be in a relationship now, but you know today is the first day of the rest of your life. Yes. Right. Wow. <laughs> okay, Good. Nava, last thought. I would just say that if you're in a dark place right now and you think there's no possible way that you're going to find somebody because you have an autistic child, um, to continue hope. And 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 um, keep your heart open. Yes. Don't close your heart to the possibility, because your your Bisharet, your soulmate, could be waiting for you. There you go. Uh, Alex took most of your time, so very quickly. Last thought, Mr. Stop thinking so much. Okay. Yeah, that's the best that. one. That's love, the best love advice. Is, yeah. Love is love, and you, don't, you don't need to think about it. It's not. It doesn't need to be thought about. It just is. Okay. It exists. Well, remarkable. Thank you all for being here. Uh, we're almost out of time, but I want to remind everybody that tomorrow in the morning we have uh, Ask Dr. Doreen. Dr. Doreen Grambachet will be answering your questions. You've already been writing them in. We're cataloging them, getting them ready for tomorrow. In the second half of the show tomorrow for Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy, we have a remarkable guest, Alex Hale, who has his impossible dream to sing, and he just did a date opening for James Durbin. You won't want to miss it, so join us then tomorrow. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me. Bye-bye for now.